Welcome to the Monkey Mind Podcast, your number one platform for athletes and mental health. Hosted by myself, Danny Perez. This is episode 77 featuring Jack Strauss. Jack is a hockey player from Phoenix, Arizona, and his freshman year at Skidmore College in Saratoga Springs, New York. But before we get to today's episode, we have a couple announcements and a quick word from our sponsor. For those who don't know, our merchandise shop is up. We have hoodies, beanies, and snapbacks, so if you're interested in picking up any Monkey Mind merch, then head over to monkeymindathletes.com backslash merchandise. That's monkeymindathletes.com backslash merchandise. Also, be sure to throw us a follow on our Instagram to stay up to date with new episode releases and much, much more. Our Instagram handle is at monkeymindathletes. That's at monkeymindathletes. And finally, if you want to watch this episode, check it out on our YouTube channel. The link will be in the podcast notes below. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Daily Dose CBD Inc. Daily Dose CBD Inc. creates full-spectrum CBD products ranging from tinctures, bombs, and dog treats. Research has shown that CBD has successful results in aiding in the following areas. Anti-inflammation, anxiety, PTSD, help with breaking addiction, neuroprotection, epilepsy, arthritis, chronic pain, and sleeping disorders. Daily Dose makes an extremely safe and effective product that we know you will love, enjoy, and benefit from. Daily Dose has given Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their orders. Head over to DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your purchases. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off all your orders at DailyDoseCBDInc.com. All right, we got uh, Jack Strauss on today. Uh, welcome, man. I'm excited to have, it, have you on. Yeah, thanks. How's it going? Good, man. Uh, yeah, so if you can just int- introduce yourself. Um, actually, quick quick background about me and Jack. So Jack played with my brother last year in the main Nordiques in the North American League. Um, now he's playing with my little brother over at Skidmore College um, in, Star- in Saratoga Springs, New York. So I um, met Jack a few times, and, um, yeah, he's a good you know, good buddy of my brother and um, good friend of mine as well. So I'm excited to have him on here and, you know, talk and tell a story. So, yeah, welcome, man. And floor is yours. If you want to just introduce yourself to everybody, who you are and your, you know, your hockey background and just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I'm Jack Strauss. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, grew up playing for the Phoenix Junior Coyotes. Started playing hockey when I was, man, like four years old. Um, and then just fell in love with the game from there and, uh, always tried other sports as well, but, um, you know, hockey just kind of stuck with me and the team factor there. And I don't know really what it was, but, uh, some of my family played hockey and, um, yeah, I just kind of fell in love with it. And, um, so I grew up in Arizona, so I was kind of late to the game, I guess, you know, I hadn't heard of prep school at all or anything like that. Uh, so never went to a prep school or anything, just graduated high school and then um, went right into juniors from there, right, right into uh, trying to play in the North American League. That was always the goal. Um, and then my like second year juniors, uh, that's when I made Maine. And then obviously third year played with Steven for a little bit. So that was, and like, that was our last year. And that was just such a great experience um, being like, the older guys, like being your age out, like it was so much fun. Like I wish I could play that year over and over again. Um, and just how like well we did and being able to be a captain, like it was awesome. It was awesome there. 
Yeah. You know, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, juniors is obviously, obviously a really great time and the time we get yeah. to just be all in on hockey and not worry about anything else really. So and now obviously, you know, playing at Skidmore, you have that, you know, the academic piece to worry about, but I think the biggest thing that you have to worry about is being roommates, with my little brother, Steve. So <laughs> yeah probably it's a liability <laughs> complete liability so, imagine doing it for yeah. 22 years he's been alive 21 years so yeah. yeah but no that's awesome dude um yeah obviously segueing into the whole mental health piece um mm-hmm. yeah just kind of talk about some of the things that you've um struggled with or dealt with and um kind of your experience with with that whole thing yeah so my struggle with mental health kind of started when i was pretty young um, I think I was, um, eight or nine years old and, uh, my parents were like, they tell me nowadays, like, um, when I was that age, I, they, I started showing signs of OCD and like high anxiety. And yeah, now like to think back on it, it's kind of weird that like I was that young and that you can recognize it at that age. Um, and it just kind of ties uh, ties in, I guess, to my personality right now. I mean, um, there's things that I do now and like uh, character characteristics that I have now that like I'm proud of that OCD probably like brought upon me and like high anxiety did. So like there's always a lesson to be learned. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I started going to like actual like therapy and uh, like I received an actual like diagnosis, uh, I think when I was 12, 13 and started doing, going to therapy then. And, uh, that was when it really got bad, um, was when I was like 13 years old and then, uh, moving into high school. Um, I had a tough time my freshman year. Uh, I actually lived in like South Phoenix. So I went to a high school there and, uh, played hockey in Scottsdale, which is about 45 minutes North. Um, so I ended up transferring to a high school my sophomore year that was, that was in Scottsdale where like some of my hockey buddies went to, and I don't know what it was. I just felt like I belonged there more because I was, I was up there playing hockey. Uh, so yeah, my freshman year was pretty tough. Uh, just kind of felt like I was super out of place. Um, and my anxiety really took over. And then once I moved, uh, schools, it helped a little bit, but it was still super relevant. So I started taking medication then, um, for like a low OCD dosage and the main mainstream dosage for like high anxiety. Um, so I've kind of struggled with the medication piece a little bit. And honestly, I'm still, I, you still kind of go back and forth between like the dosages that you use. And like, you always have to be up to date with your psychiatrist and stuff like that. So, um, that's been, that's been pretty tough, but like the biggest piece was just like, I like my young kind of like stage of, I don't know if it was just my hormones kind of flying around, like starting puberty maybe at that age. Um, but it was a stage of my life where like nothing felt like, like it got to the point where like, I felt like I couldn't really control um, my emotions at all. 
Uh, and it was just kind of controlled by this OCD factor. And like, that was it. Um, so it was just like, uh, to me, I actually work with a sports psychologist now because hockey has kind of been my life. And I feel like my anxiety stems from there. And like, I can use that, like what, what we talk about in sports, I can use that in everyday life, which is really good. And, um, I enjoy that a lot more because, I used to work with just like an OCD psychologist or anxiety psychologist that specializes in that field. And I, for some reason, like I could never relate to them uh, that much. And that's nothing they to say against them. It was just, I just felt that most of it was stemming from sports because like an example, like, man, I used to play like, I'm like everyone who plays hockey, hockey, like hockey players can get pretty superstitious. Um, so like one of the toughest things for me was identifying superstitions and like identifying factors that were OCD. So it's like, I would have to play, and this is where it like stems into hockey because like, if something's not right and if, if I don't feel comfortable, then like, that's where it becomes more than a superstition. That's where it's like, okay, like this is getting to be a problem where it's like, I can't even focus on playing the game or like, and, and, and this has stemmed like into juniors, obviously this, I'm just talking about the time when I was, uh, you know, playing youth hockey and started, things started to get more serious and like people started talking about juniors and everything like that. Um, so like I would have to play like, an example would be I'd have to play like uh, NHL um, on Xbox or something. And I'd have to score like a specific amount of goals with like a specific player, like, like Crosby or just, or just something like that. And just like, as a young kid, just like had all those like visualizations of like, Oh, I want to be like Crosby. I want to be, um, like literally anyone and it was just like everything had to be perfect um and it was it was like everything was super irrational like it was like if I do this then I'll play like Crosby this game if I do this I'll play like like Malk in this game if I do this I'll play like McKinnon or something like that which is just like obviously every everything that I've learned from OCD yeah. is that like everything is just that you're telling yourself is just like super irrational. Mm, that's that's super specific. Um, with playing when you play NHL and you have to score yeah. a certain amount of goals with a certain amount of guys, that's uh, that's like interesting. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, no, there's there's like a lot of stuff, and it's super personable too. Obviously, because you're thinking of it in your own mind, and it's really just like your own conscience taking over. Yeah. So it's like whatever what like whatever you're thinking about whatever you're nervous about that's kind of the factor that it's going to take over and um so like for i've cut you off but like for for example yeah, like with hockey because you care so much about it it would like take over with certain thoughts for that so hence like you have if you do this you play like these players that you idolize if you score x amount of yeah. goals with x amount of with this player in a video game you're going to play like that player so it like would show up for in those ways mm. with, with things that you care about, like hockey, right? Yeah. Yeah. And another thing is that like, like obviously that's kind of like a pregame thing that I would do. Um, 
which like I said, everyone has their pregame stuff. Uh, and like some of the stuff I still do to this day and I just hasn't, hasn't gone away. And I've had it since I was 13 years old. Um, and that now I can consider those a superstition because I've been able to learn and like discriminate the two kind of like point out yep. which one is which mm-hmm. so that I know in my mind and now I'm like you can you can consider me immature or whatever but now I know that like I'm mature enough to realize the difference between the two um so like that's different now and like me back then when I wasn't as developed um it just kind of was getting out of hand like it would be we I could be here all day and talk about like the stuff that I did and some of the stuff that I still do like back then using like a, a certain type of body wash, um, getting ready in the morning a certain type of way, going to bed a certain type of way. Uh, I mean, it got so far as like saying like, like uh, if you're religious, like praying, like and saying the same exact prayer, like the same words, uh, and not changing it up and like thinking that that's how you'll like have the connection with God. But like, that's not authentic whatsoever. Like that's just you, like it's becoming like your brain is just becoming like a computer essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I mean, some of the stuff was just like crazy and like, I I don't really talk about it that often um, because it's just like, who I'm not just going to bring that up and like a conversation. Um, so like now uh, you like think about it and looking back on it, like it's just crazy to see how much like of the stuff that I did that was super just kind of like weird and odd that I thought rationalizing with myself and my, my brain was going to help me um, and like magically make something good happen. But that affected my confidence part of my play and my confidence in life because thinking that these little things that you do is going to make something happen. is just not true. Um, you know, like you got to be the one to, to go out and do it. And, um, yeah, it can just really like affect the way you think and, uh, still affects the way I think today. And that's probably something that like I've had a problem with in my consistency of play is the confidence that I have. And, uh, it's a very like popular problem. Um, but I'd say there's different, there's different, uh, interconnected problems that stem to that, um, that can be condoned by mental health. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that you kind of mentioned that these were things that you didn't want to talk about, but now here you are talking about it. I think that's awesome because I think mm-hmm. by you talking about this, your personal experience with everything that you said with the things that you've dealt with one and two, just not having, people to talk to about it because it just never comes up in conversation. You're now mm. doing it and you're helping out maybe the next person or X amount of people that are maybe going through the same thing that you did in silence or their own sort of OCD things that they, that they deal with that they don't have the opportunity to talk about, but they can hear your story now and understand, Hey, I'm not the only one going through the same thing or wow. Like other people are kind of having the same things or doing the same things that I am that, you know, kind of affect me. They can find it, you know, very relatable. So that's awesome that you're able to come out here and do that. And, I commend you for that as well. So um, kudos to you for that. And as far as like what you're saying about the other interconnected uh, mental health pieces that come along with that, would you say that your anxiety stemmed from this OCD and 
from kind of like the expectation that um, by you doing these things, like these outcomes are going to come to fruition because you did that yeah. or it was just, just kind of like a separate related thing that you've dealt with or what was your experience with that? No, I would say like same kind of concept, like it isn't super interconnected and like that's why like talking to psychiatrists I mentioned before, like um, the medication, the same medications can be used for like, I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist, but this is what I've learned is that the same medication can be used for OCD and anxiety but it's just, they give, they can give people with OCD higher dosages to, because it, it then allows them the ability to recognize, because you can't just, you can't just take medication. Um, you have to be able to talk to a therapist as well so that they can guide you along and help you recognize the differences um, and just help you recognize what your OCD is doing to you and to your mind and how it affects you and your anxiety. So if you have high levels of OCD, that's the more anxiety you're going to have because the two kind of contemplate together, right? It's, it's obsessive compulsive disorder. So it's like you're, you're obsessing over things constantly. So it's like, if something's not right, then it immediately gives you that obsessive anxiety. And you just have like this constant tick of just like, like people, people who, whose levels are lower, I guess, and who wouldn't be like actually diagnosed, everyone kind of has things that they do, you know, things they like to be the same. The difference, I would say the biggest difference that I've had in my experience is that a person without OCD could have the same type of like want like they want it to be this way as me but the thing is is like affecting me in sports like if they didn't have it that way then you know their confidence their thought process might not be affected and they could still you know go play the game and everything would be fine it can get to a point where it's like if that one thing is not right it could be as so far as the the way you tied your skates the way like the the type of like specific soap you use to wash your hands or the, or the way that you brush your hair in the morning that could ruin your whole day. And that's how like people can call that. Like, I, I guess I would call it like mentally weak because I don't want to, I don't want to give that notion to people who have like OCD or anything. But to me, like that's where I was mentally weak or that's where my weakness was. And in weakness you can always through that struggle like you can always find the strength that you have and and just adapt and for me it's my parents have provided me with the opportunity to see psychiatrists see psychologists and i'm so glad and like grateful that they kind of re recognized it when i was young and provided me with all this help because now like something like now like I'm not afraid to talk about this with you like I'm not afraid to go to a therapist and talk about it I've seen so many things on social media you know um Bell Let's Talk for example um I don't know if you've ever heard of uh Corey Hirsch um he was a goalie in the NHL and played for Team Canada and oh yeah I actually, actually yep yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, I played with his son and 
in Arizona. Um, and he's a huge uh, mental health advocate in hockey and in everywhere. And he tells a story. Uh, I think he's got an article out and I would recommend like to anyone listening and to any of your listeners to follow him on Instagram um, and see if you can track down his article somewhere. Because I mean, for me, it was just life-changing to hear someone talk about it in that depth. Um, because I mean, he goes as far as talking about his darkest times and it's just completely life-changing to hear someone talk about that and just helps you recognize that like you're not the only one and although it seems like it like you're deep down like in your head and in your thoughts like you can always kind of climb out of that and just recognize the, the world that you're living in and um how you're thinking and you can always talk to someone and try to find help and you might think that you can get through it alone and like just kind of do it and maybe recognize OCD or anxiety yourself. And I mean, man, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to do on your own. Like I, I try to do it sometimes now and like, I'll go on tangents where I'm like, I don't need to talk to my psychologist. Like I don't need to, like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like at some point I got to get past this, this wall that I have, you know what I mean? Like, I gotta, I gotta grow up at some point. I can't be talking to a psychologist my whole life, but it's like, you're never like fully ready. Like you can always grow in that stage and you can always find a way to improve like how you're thinking mentally, because mentally how you're thinking is going to condone like everything else. Like that's going to, that's going to condone your physical, your physical stage, your literally everything. And so, I mean, when I'm feeling good mentally, like that's when I'm at my highest point. Um, and that can be day to day, month to month. Um, I mean, right now I can go back on years where I was feeling good and I had a good year mentally. And, um, you know, there's years where I was down for a long time and you can just see how that affects your production. So, yeah. Um, before I forget and move on to the next couple of questions, um, I just want to give a shout out to your family for giving you those resources and allowing yeah. you to, you know, have that access to it and, you know, work those things out because it is so important to have the supportive family and people around you who support you. So the fact that they were willing to do that and go through those links, um, you know, it's, it's awesome. Especially I feel like for kind of like that older generation of parent, they kind of don't really understand this sort of stuff too much. Most of the time, I feel like, but when you do yeah. have parents who do, it's like, okay, awesome. Cause I think a lot of it was like, it was kind of foreign to my parents and the stuff that I was dealing with. They're like, you know, like he's obviously going through a hard time. So you have to, you know, do it, do what we can to help them out. So it's awesome that your parents were, you know, the same way about that. And um, I want to talk about a couple of things you mentioned. Um, one was you're happy that you have OCD because some of the things that have come about it today have, you know, given you positive effects or positive benefits and kind of things like different attributes. I think you mentioned right in the beginning, you have certain mm-hmm. attributes because of the OCD that today that are yeah. helping you out. And then I want you to talk about that. And then second question was um, talking about your time in therapy and um, speaking with a psychologist and speaking with a sports psychologist specifically, um, because you know, we kind of, we don't really push anything on anybody, but we do suggest people talk to somebody professionally because mm-hmm. you know we all think it does help, but you know, for you, it just, it didn't work out with a regular therapist, but you found it worked for you better with a sports psychologist. So it's like, 
you just got to find what works for you. So I'm going to kind of talk on those two things, those attributes that have helped you today because of OCD and just your experience with speaking with a sports psychologist and the things you learned to, you know, deal with, um, with OCD and your anxiety. Yeah. So, so answering the first question, um, the, the attributes that I have that I think are kind of consistent with my anxiety and OCD, uh, the reason that I'm grateful for them is because you can, you can kind of dig deep and really find like some of the characteristics that you have. Like um, when you're a kid or like, like in a, in a class, maybe in high school or something, they might say, list like three things that describe you and like something like that on a worksheet. And mine would always be something like determined, like organized. Um, and like very optimistic. Um, so the OCD factor of it, I think has, has helped me be super organized. I like things in a certain way and in controlling that now, uh, after speaking with, with so many people and really learning about it and, uh, and, and whatnot, like now I can control that factor of it and just be like, Hey, like, listen, you, you like it that way, but it's okay. It's okay. Like if it's not going to be that way, that's just the way you like it. That's just the way you want things to be. And that's how we're going to be organized. And you kind of like, now I can kind of give myself that like mental, mental pep talk and just kind of settle myself down. Whereas uh, in the past, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been able to, and it kind of would have been like a snowball effect, like just piles onto other things until eventually you basically like, eventually that point is, is a panic attack. And that's, a, you know, when you freak, you just freak out because of so many things that are going on and you feel like you can't control anything anymore. And, um, you know, I've had plenty of those, like more than I can even count. Um, and I still have them now, but it's just like, now that I know all this stuff, now I can really grow and now I'm really able to control it for the most part, but I know that I have the help when I need it, uh, which like we talked to, like that's, it's, it's great. And it's, it's a good feeling to know. Um, and it helps enormous amounts. Um, that, I mean, I can't even, I can't even say, um, so I feel like it has helped me be super organized. Um, I feel like it's, it's, uh, just help me be super determined and like recognize um, just kind of like my, I just feel like my brain's always moving type of thing. Um, it's hard to explain, but yeah, I just feel like my brain's always moving and um, like the clock's always ticking there. And so I feel now that I can control it, like I said, I feel really good about that. And then lastly, like the, the OCD component of it, like it makes you think about a lot of things Like you said, you mentioned come to things like coming to fruition. And like, I really like that. And I've heard that a lot before um, through therapists and it's kind of like OCD is like, you recognize all the good things that you want to happen in your life. And like, it can be, way in the future it can be literally at any time it could be the next day it could be a presentation you have to do later that day and you say if i do this right 
then like this is going to go right well now that like I've talked with people and and now that like I'm a little a little older than when I was uh previously now I can really kind of kind of manifest things more and that's that's a big thing that that I've learned is just manifestation and visual visualization because you want all these things to happen but the OCD like that right that's not the answer the answer you don't you don't just do something and then things immediately happen like good for you that's not how it's going to work so it's almost like a waste of time like you're you're becoming less efficient uh with your brain and with yourself and with your process throughout the day if you're if you're letting these things control you so just learning how to control them is like the biggest thing because you have all these things you want to do great in but ocd is not the answer to that and you have to recognize that um and you can like you everyone everyone can and i for in my specific situation i needed a little bit of help with medication and i took that chance and it, it helped it helped a lot it's it's given me like i've had side effects in the past from the medication but it it has helped me take that next step in recognizing and different differentiating between just like ocd characteristics and and uh anxiety other anxiety characteristics between just like just like what what is really stressing me out what is like asking that question and then saying just like how can i be being able to say how can i address this now instead of freaking out type of deal um so that's what i've learned from that and then second question was it was uh, just find me again well, just like the the attributes you learn from like your OCD, uh, and then kind of just the tactics oh, that you've learned from your sports psychologist and your therapist. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you mentioned the visualization, yeah. the manifestation. Um, those yeah. are the things that you've learned from your sports psych and your therapist. I'm assuming, correct? Right? You mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. just kind of talk about those things and just um, yeah, just dive into those you know things you feel comfortable talking about. That you've learned to you know help you with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean. I have spoken with many psychologists, um, some of them when I was younger, so I'm not sure exactly like what they specialized in. It might've been just anxiety. It might've been OCD, but they, psychologists have all these um, kind of areas that they specialize in, right? So I, what I kind of found was that I always looked at it like, I can't really talk to a sports psychologist because this isn't really about sports like this is about ocd that i'm having but in that sense that's where i was wrong was because sports at the, like have been a huge part of my life and uh and just being an, a student athlete in general has been like has has been my definition essentially of myself and school is just being a student athlete and um i've always been like like proud to be one and I think it's awesome um it's a hard deal to go through with school and sports but so I kind of thought that sports psychologists were just for like pro or like high-end college athletes who just like needed someone to talk to about everything that was going on or how they how could they improve their confidence um but you can always take these lessons that you learn like I take these lessons that I learned in sports psychology and you can you can input them in your everyday life you can 
yeah, you, they tell you, listen, like you can visualize yourself on the ice or you can visualize and manifest like this is where you want to be. Like um, I always wanted to play I, along my development ladder in juniors. I, I knew that like I wanted to play in, in the North American League. And that was I, I started out in Lone Star um, in the South Division and when I was like 17 and I got cut from there and I ended up going to northern ontario um and playing in the in the nojhl and that's kind of a dried up league it's a tough league um i got the crap kicked out of me up there a couple times and i learned a lot um and like along the way talking to a sports psychologist and a psychiatrist it was just all about just manifest yourself like know what you want to do you you know you want to play in the north american league just believe in yourself and that you can get there and just work every day and be happy where you are right now because you know where you are right now this is going to be an experience that you remember um when when you finally make it to where you want to be so i made it to maine i made it to the North American Hockey League in a consistent place where I played, like not getting cut. Um, and, you know, I always look back and tell stories about Ontario and just like how big that was for me to go there and like be able to just grow and play. And it was, I mean, like I was in the middle of nowhere in Michigan, like right on the border of Michigan, on Ontario. And it was just such a cool experience. And like, some kids might be like, no, like there's no way in hell that I'm going there. Like, and some kids like, like me just might've been like, yeah, like, listen, I got to take the chance. It's going to suck. And it did suck. I, I had a concussion. I think like my first week that I was there and that just created a whole ball of anxiety and like started freaking out a little bit. And, you know, you talk to these uh, psychologists and they're just, they, they just tell you like, listen, you, you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe in what you're doing. And the best way to do that is visualize and manifest where you want to be and just know that you can get there. You just have to, you have to do something about it, basically yourself. It's not going to come to you. Like you can't just expect things. You can't be, if if you want to make it there, then you have to make the work fun and like something that you know you want to do, which for most hockey players who decide to go play juniors, it already is, you know, like anyone who decides to just take years off from school and, and kind of go a different way, you know, you know, you have to know like what you want to do. And there's always, there's always a goal there. So I'd say to just like fellow hockey players, like, point to a place where you want to be or point to a place in your sport where you want to be and mark that down and kind of plan out how you're going to get there. It might take you a while. You might have to go through different leagues to get there. You might have to go through different stages, different teams, but people have already done it before essentially. So it's like, you know, that you, what you want to do. So let's take this path. Let's put in the work to get there. Let's visualize this. And and you like you you just have to know that you can do it and that's that yeah man that's sound advice i love that and i love the advice that you were given too about um you know just i know that's not where you want to be right now but enjoy this time because you're going to look back mm -hmm. and reflect on it and be happy that you were here because i think 
I'm sure you can relate to it. Like, well, you, you just said you did, but I mean, like, a lot of people can relate to that is that there are places that you are at certain points in life that while you're in it, they're, they may be pretty brutal, but when you look back yeah, and reflect, sucks. you, you do yeah. enjoy that time. You're happy you went through that because it does shape kind of the future. And um, I love what you said about, you know, sticking with, you know, having those, you know, the markers that you, this is where you want to be and that, you know, just keep working toward it and working toward how you're going to get there and understanding that, you know, it might take a couple different leagues. It might take a, a different path than the average person. So everything you just said was, uh, was spot on and pretty fantastic advice. So um, yeah, I mean, kind of just how I like to end it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but just kind of one last piece of advice or um, something that you would have liked your younger self to know, or someone who's going through the same things as you, as far as the whole mental health aspect goes, um, whether they're dealing with the same things or, um, yeah, just something that you'd want the, you know, your younger self or the next person to know. Oh man. If we compare it to my younger self, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty good. I, I like that. That right, makes cool. it a lot that. easier to, yeah, that makes it a lot easier to kind of like, cause people will say like, give advice to, to, uh, other people that, that might be going through it. Well, it's just like, okay, I gotta think kind of the situation. I mean, it's all situational, but, um, yeah, just go your younger self then, because there may be somebody yeah, who's like going to the same thing. Yeah, that you what have, I would you know say, what I mean? and it's it's pretty relatable now. Um, but what I would say is just like you got you got the world at your fingers. Um, you got a long, long ways to go. Um, and this is me saying this at 21, so I'm not even I'm not even uh, like close to close to there yet. I guess you could call it. But um, yeah, like you got a long, long way to go. Um, use your resources, take your time. Um, don't be, and just kind of like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to, to speak out. Don't be afraid to do something different. Don't be afraid to be a, a different type of person. If that's what it takes for, for you to get to where you want to go or for you to find um, like where you want to be happy and um yeah, just kind of like don't do it for for ego reasons. Like don't do it for other people. Do it for yourself and finding and finding your happiness. If someone else doesn't like it, then um, you know maybe they're not the best to be around or or something like that because they might be affecting you and your mental health. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of like find good people that you want to be around and uh, also help them become better along with you yeah that's awesome man that's yeah. uh, a great piece to end it on so um again i just want to thank you for coming on and being vulnerable taking time out of your day to talk to me and you know use this platform to talk about your story so i know it's going to help out a lot of people who you know might be going through the same thing and can relate so um i really again i appreciate it it was great chatting with you yeah it was awesome